Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. Good morning. I am joined from the University of Minnesota by Mary Meyer. Good morning, Mary. Jenny, good morning. Great to hear your voice. Happy spring. I have flowers blooming in my yard. You're kidding. That's well, you know, <laughs> I was look spring crocus are up. Well, outstanding. I uh I was looking at my uh, uh bo- boxwoods and I thought, "Wait a minute. They look like they're sprouting. They're growing. Could that be?" Uh probably not growing yet, but that's a good sign that they're nice and green in color. So we had a milder winter. And when we did have those cold temperatures, we had good snow cover. So I don't expect too much winter injury uh, this spring, but it's a good sign for the boxwood. Good. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. We call it Smart Garden. And uh, thanks to the help like from folks, Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota, helping you out answering your lawn and garden questions. And if you're familiar with the show, you know we tend to get very busy. So if you have a question, that type, call it in or text it in, 651-989-9226. That's the phone number. It's also the text number. And, Mary, we we already have a bunch of texts. So let's get to it. Uh, Let's see. Here's one. It says, I'm going to be expanding my uh, in-ground garden by an extra 200 square feet and would like to use the sod in another area of my yard. When can I cut the sod and transplant it? Well, it's a little too early to do that now, but I would say um, early spring is uh, obviously you want to do this so you can get your garden in. But I would say about the middle of um, April, so a couple more weeks you could do this. Uh, You want to get a nice chunk of roots when you do that and cut a a good chunk of the sod as much as possible, keep the soil intact. And then you have to really pay attention to watering that after you move it. You'll probably need to make a depression where you want to put the sod in the new location. You can't just lay it on top of the ground because it needs to have the roots down in the ground. Yeah, that makes sense. Here is another long question. Is it too early to fertilize the lawn? Yeah, it's pretty early to fertilize. Um, You know, our soil temperature for most areas is still hovering right around 40 degrees. And that is 
too cool for much to happen. Uh, we want to have warmer temperatures so that the fertilizer is actually taken up by the plants. So I, I would hold off until uh, at least a week, but maybe two weeks uh, to do that. All right, that makes sense. What about our gardens? Is there something we can do now uh, at this uh, time of the year, this beginning spring? As far as um, vegetable gardens go, many people are starting their seeds indoors. We have a nice chart online on the website about what seeds to start and pretty much everything you could have started at this point. Tomatoes are the one thing they grow quite quickly. So, but by next week, you can uh, be starting uh, tomatoes. But in your vegetable garden outside, it's a little too early yet to do much of anything uh, because most people, even though we are on pretty dry conditions, most soil is still uh, too wet to be worked. Okay. Let's grab a phone call from Ken, who is calling in from Blaine, I think, this morning. Ken, you're on with Mary. Yes. I, I, good morning. I have a question on, uh, I have a flower garden that has a lot of spring blooming flowers like crocus and grape hyacinth and tulips, daffodils. Um, wildflower tulips. Uh, is it too early to uh, remove the uh, leaf covering? I, I uh, want to do it before they start really coming up. Otherwise, I've learned from experience that if they're starting to come up and I'm raking the leaf mulch off, uh, I'd start to damage the flowers themselves. Yes, Ken, that's right. Um, I have taken just a little bit off of my uh, spring flowering bulbs. You're right. Some of the tulips are up six inches already. That's because we did not have much frost in the soil this past winter. So um, certainly any area that has ice still in it or snow, too early on that because you just end up tearing the plants apart when you take up any that has ice in it. But you can carefully remove them. You can kind of see a hump underneath the leaves where they're starting to come up. I would partially remove some of it if you can see growth uh, pushing up like that. I am going to wait one more week, one more week to do a major removal of uh, leaves. We, you know, if it, if it gets to 32 degrees, that's not a problem. 25, eh, below 25 degrees can really damage new uh, things coming up in the spring. So I think if we wait one more week, uh, we'll be pretty much out of that window of low 20 temperatures. Yes, uh, Mary, I was looking at the forecast, as we always do here on CCO, and, and again, Monday, we could get near 71 for a daytime high. However, two days later, Wednesday, our daytime high might reach 39. So it's we're still, uh, as they say, not out of the woods quite yet. Um, here's a text that says, I have Carl Foster read grass. Should I cut it down now, and how much do I cut off? Yes, this is a great thing you can be doing right now. So you can cut it down to the ground um, as low as you can cut it with hand shears. Uh, I, I watched a video yesterday of somebody using a hand saw, just a little, um, you know, sickle-like saw cutting back grasses uh, because they will grow totally from the base again um, this year. And one of my neighbors said, well, will they get as tall? And yes, they will. They grow from the base again um, this year. And one of my neighbors said, well, will they get as tall? 
And yes, they will. They grow from the base each year. So if it's three feet tall this year, like Carl Forster is, it'll grow up three to four feet again. So you remove the dead tops right now. Very good. Back to the phones. Lois is calling from Minneapolis this morning to ask you a question. Lois, good morning. Good morning. Um, My lawn service called and want to do an application on Monday. Is it too early? Yeah. You know, what makes me nervous about applying fertilizer now is that it it won't stay on the soil and go in, uh, that it will run off because the plants are not actively growing yet. So I, I wait until the plants are actively growing to put the fertilizer on. And I know, yes, a lot of lawn services are ready to go. Uh, the frost is pretty much gone from the soil. So a lot of them are anxious to get going. But I think waiting another week or 10 days is better. Very good. Mary, we need to take a quick break, inviting our listeners to call in your garden lawn or garden question or to send a text, same number, 651-989-9226. 39 degrees here in the Twin Cities. Uh, we're heading for 49 here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota, helping you out today with your lawn and garden questions. Uh, We're going to get back to the phones, Mary, but an interesting text came in a bit ago, and it says this, enjoy listening from central Illinois. Well, thank you for that. Uh, This texter says, we have a peach tree that has buds that are beginning to open. Our forecast for this week there in central Illinois is a low of 25. Should we cover the tree with sheets that night? Uh, I'm not sure sheets are going to protect that from uh, 25 degrees. That is right about on the money. It's 26, 27, where the flower buds are killed. And so this is the reason we don't have success with peaches um, this far north, because it's springtime frost will often kill the flower buds. The flower buds of the peach come out quite early. And uh, we yes, we just have such a good chance of frost at that time. We have um, hardy varieties of um, apricots that they they have the less chance of being of the flowers being killed, and those are a better chance. So I I have eaten peaches grown in Minnesota. It is possible, but it is very difficult. You could try putting the sheets on. Uh, that that might help, but um, I guess yeah, as long as it's temporary. It's just for a few hours. You could try the sheets. I, I doubt if that's going to really work. Okay. Back to the phones we go, Mary. Miller's calling in from Golden Valley this morning. Miller, you're on with Mary Meyer. Good morning. Uh, you already answered my question about uh, uncovering my tulips a little bit, but I had a question of lamb's ear. We put in a lamb's ear last year, first time we've ever had it, and now that it's uncovering, it, it's still all there. Is New growth going to come, or, or is this what's going to happen to it? Yeah, lamb deer is kind of a semi evergreen, and you can see some nice growth on that. Depends a lot on the winter conditions and how protected it was in the winter. Um, it, it's usually about half and half. About half of that foliage will stay there, but yes, new growth will start coming on it and look good. 
Lamb's ear is a really tough perennial. It's very good for uh, dry conditions, has some shade tolerance, low growing. So uh, you made a good choice. That should uh, live for quite a while for you. All right. Very good. Thank you. Uh, Pat is calling in from Arden Hills this morning with a question. Go ahead, Pat. Mary's listening. Hi. I'm wondering when I should put pre-emergence down on the glass. Yes, right. I was just looking at where we are with that with the soil temperatures. We are not yet in our target zone area for pre-emergence to work, but it's coming. All of the state of Iowa is in uh, the right temperature but just a little bit of southern Minnesota is. So it looks like we're going to get about the target about April 5th or 6th this year. And there is just a window of when pre-emergence will work for crabgrass. And so you need to get it down beforehand. So so I would wait um, another week, maybe 10 days, and then I think uh, you should be in good shape. Okay, very good. If you want to call in uh, your lawn or garden question or send a text, same number, 651-989-9226. Listener wants to know, Mary, what does it mean when a plant, quote, fixes nitrogen? Could that ever be a bad thing? It's a great thing. This is the ability that some of our, mostly in the legume family, can take uh, atmospheric nitrogen and change convert it into a form that the plant can take up. So it is not dependent on um, anybody else giving it the nitrogen. So our legumes like clovers, alfalfa, are very good at doing this. And they can actually then, uh, as the plant uh, decays and the roots die, that nitrogen is then available to other plants. So that is why farmers rotate um, alfalfa with corn. Um, soybeans also can do that because they're in the uh, legume family. And then in our lawns, uh, if we use clover and so on, that will be an additional source of nitrogen. So fixing nitrogen is a great characteristic, but not all plants can do that. Speaking of lawns, Mary, there's a great resource in the universe. Of course, it's a great resource anyway. The University of Minnesota website, uh, extension.umn.edu, about uh, working. And uh, keep, there's kind of a series of information about lawns, right? Right. With Julie Weisenhorn has done a great job putting up a calendar for what to do when on your lawn. So it's really uh, good to look at the whole year as far as the best time to do things. So that, yeah, that is a great resource. We have a new extension educator, uh, Maggie uh, Reuter, who's uh, fabulous. She might be on the show pretty soon. Mm. We probably should get Maggie in here answering all the uh, lawn questions that are going to be coming up. So she's a graduate from the U, and she's come back uh, to work in extension. So that's a great new resource. Let's introduce her to our listeners. That's a great idea. This listener wants to know, Mary, other than fencing, what's the best rabbit deterrent to use in their perennial garden? Well, fencing is good. You can try some repellents. That uh, There are a number of repellents for uh, rabbits, um, some based on odor. um, But fencing is 
is really the best thing to use. I would I would go at first with fencing. Any mechanical barrier is great, and then really try to plants that try to uh, place plants that are not so um, fa- so much favorites of rabbits. Some people interplant good, good rabbit loving with rabbit hating plants so try to fool the rabbits that way um, it's very difficult i i personally have found that if i don't have some type of physical barrier it is extremely difficult to control rabbits yeah that's for sure this texter says this mary when can i start pruning my roses and currant bushes Roses and currants. You could prune your roses right now. You pretty much can see what's dead and alive on that. And hopefully the rabbits have not eaten those down and um, removed a lot of the bark on them. But the roses will show pretty much brown, brittle stems versus the green lower down. So um, you can prune them right now. And currants, it's the same thing. You can see uh, what's dead and alive on that as well. Maybe thin those out. They tend to grow quite uh, bushy. So you could cut off uh, some of the currants at the base and some uh, back uh, one-third of the height in the tips. Okay. Mary, we need to take a look at that forecast. And our bottom-of-the-hour break as usual. So hang on. We have another half hour of the show to go. For your lawn or garden questions, call us or text us, same number, 651-989-9226. Looks like a rainy day here in the Twin Cities. We'll take a look at that forecast in a moment here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denning along in this end with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota helping you out with your lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text, as usual. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. Mary, just a ton of text messages, and I don't want to short, short-circuit these folks here. Again, if we miss a few, and I presume we will, we'll uh, start the show next week with uh, some of the ones we didn't get to. Uh, let's see. How do you, Texture says, get a fuchsia plant ready to put out in spring? Fuchsia is a great house plant, and it actually has a long, uh, it can be a long-lived uh, perennial um, outdoors in uh, more tropical, well, actually not so much tropical climates, just, just milder than Minnesota. Um, so I would say um, there's not too much that you need to do. Hopefully you've been growing it in bright sunlight, so it has good light conditions. Um, I would just, when I put my plants outside in the spring, I put them in the shade. Make sure that you don't put it in direct sunlight. Uh, you know, that's like getting giving a plant a sunburn all of a sudden. So gradually get it used to the brighter uh, light conditions that are outdoors. If you have a three-season porch, or a porch area where you can put it first, and then just gradually get it used to better light conditions. Um Full sun might be okay for it eventually through the summer, but, um, you know, maybe a half a day sun is probably perfect. Okay. Mary, this listener wants to know how warm does the soil need to be before applying mulch to raspberries? Um, the mulch uh, to raspberries, so it it doesn't really matter. Well, let me let me say this way. The mulch is going to moderate the soil temperature. 
So if it's 30 degrees when you put the mulch on, it's going to take it longer for that soil to warm up in the springtime. So right now, so if you put a mulch on raspberries right now, um, that's okay. Most of the time we're using mulch to conserve moisture, uh, to prevent weeds from growing. And so uh, you can put it on now if you have it. Uh, but the soil will warm up slower there. The raspberries might be slower to start. So how warm does it have to be if you wait till closer to the 1st of May to put it on? Then I don't think you'll uh, delay any start in the spring. You know, Mary, what uh, you and your colleagues talk about once in a while uh, is getting your soil tested. And we can do that uh, through the U of M. Now, how do, what, what's the process, and is it, it can we do that now, or do we have to wait a while? Yes, this is a great time to do soil testing. Uh, the lab gets busy in the spring, so there's less of a delay in getting uh, your answer back. There's a nice video online if you search um, extension.umn.edu, um, and then in the search box put uh, soil test. It will show you there's a nice video of how to take the soil, how to collect the soil, mix it up, and send it in for the soil test. So you can uh, request a mailing um, uh, envelope to put the soil in and mail it back. You can take it directly over to uh, St. Paul as well to have the soil tested. But this will tell you pH and your nutrient level, uh, phosphorus and potassium, also how much organic matter is in your soil. So it's a great idea to have a soil test. The spring time is a great time uh, to be doing this. And it's not something that you need to do every year, but every few years, especially in areas where you have uh, regular production, like your vegetable uh, garden, it's a good idea to do it uh, every five years or so. All right, very good. Uh, this listener says, we tapped our silver maples for sap, for syrup, by drilling holes about three inches into the trunks. Well, now that we're finished, how should those holes be treated? Thanks very much for that. You don't need to really do anything to the holes. The, uh, the tree will um, close off on its own. Um, the sap run is right now in the spring, and then it it uh, stops normally. It doesn't. Um, it isn't always coming out as much as it is right now in the spring. So um, that will that will stop on its own, and the plant will be just fine. You know, today is the Maple Fest out at the Arboretum. Uh, mm. It is sold out for takeout uh, pancakes. For we normally have had our pancake brunch there, but. Also, the Arboretum has online a nice book that's uh, free, and you can look at it, read it, and look at it on uh, tapping maple trees and the story behind uh, how, to, how to and tapping maple trees. You know, a lot of people have uh, gotten interest in that. Uh, I even see it in the neighborhood. It's amazing. <laughs> It's a big job. It is a big job. So you cannot boil the sap down inside your home. Do not try to do that. You really have to do the boil outside because there's so much volume of water that has got to come out of that sap. But then you can finish it uh, indoors. Yes, it's a labor of love for sure. Yes. Uh, This uh, listener says, I have a small poinsettia plant I received just before Thanksgiving. It is still growing strong. It has only dropped three leaves in all this time. Uh, What to do with it? A repot or what do you think? Uh, You probably don't need to repot it, but uh, good for you in keeping it that healthy. 
poinsettias need a lot of water and they need good light conditions. You can actually take that outside and grow it outside. Uh, some people even plant it outside. Of course, it doesn't do well in our climate because it, it needs a frost-free growing area to really grow as a shrub, which it does um, in, in Mexico uh, where, it, where it's native. But I would, um, I would keep, it giving a, keep giving it as good light as possible. And if it gets a lot bigger, then you can consider repotting it. It's a short day plant. So it's only going to flower again when it's exposed to uh, short days. Okay. Uh, this texture says that last fall, uh, they and their neighbors had an infestation of grubs in the front yards. They ate the roots of the grass we planted in the spring. And right now I see crows digging in my front yard. Does that mean the crows are eating the grubs? Uh, they might be. It, it's really fun to watch crows. They're quite a social group, and it, it, they can do some really amazing things. It's possible they're eating grubs. Uh, you, uh, you can dig around yourself and uh, move. take about a square foot area, move back the sod that's there, and look and see if you can see the grubs. Uh, they go deeper in the soil in the uh, cooler uh, weather, but then they come up near it. So you should find some in the top six inches. It's probably a good idea to do some inspection. That way you'll know how many are actually there, and then you can determine whether or not you need to treat the soil to get rid of the grubs. So we have information on that on the website of um, how to look for them and the number you need to find in order uh, before you actually do a treatment. But we certainly recommend that you uh, determine you've got that many grubs before you use any uh, chemical controls. Again, that's extension.umn.edu. Great resource. This listener, Mary, wants to know when to remove mulch from perennial flowers. I'm waiting one more week. I know it's very tempting to do it now, and on Monday a lot of people will be thinking about doing it when it's going to get warmer, but I am going to wait one more week. If you have a really thick, heavy mulch, you could take part of it off, and if you see perennials like your tulips and so on pushing up and they're growing, you can partially take some of it off, but I'm, I'm going to wait one more week to do a cleanup. All right. This listener wants to know, when's a good time to prune red dogwood? You can prune red dogwoods right now. Uh, the red dogwood, the red part, the beautiful part of the stem is usually the newer growth. Uh, some people, and especially in, in botanic gardens, they actually prune red dogwoods regularly so they have that fresh new growth that will come on in the spring. So um, I look at mine and I take off anything that's brown, the older stems, and then the new growth will come up and look good. So through the wintertime, early spring, um, you can do that pruning. All right, Mary, this uh, tester says, thank you for your show. When is the best time to plant climbing roses in southern Minnesota? Uh, in the springtime uh, is a good time to do that. Uh, the biggest rose we have that's quite hardy is the William Baffin. This William Baffin is a great, big, tough rose. If you want a large plant, big plant, 
you know, six, eight feet tall. William Baffin will always, it's always the one I recommend. There are other climbing roses, uh, John Davis, uh, John Cabot. There um, is the Explorer series that are hardy that came out of Canada. Uh, but it, the kind of rose is really important because Minnesota, not all the climbers that you see advertised are hardy um, in Minnesota. All right. I'm getting signals, Mary. We need to take a quick break. So let's do that and come back with more questions. Lawn Garden Type, 651-989-9226. The phone number, also the text number. We'll come back with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota and your questions here on A Smart Garden Show. From News Talk 830, this is WCCO. Smart Garden on the air every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. And uh, thanks to folks like Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota helping you out this morning by phone and by text as usual. Uh, and Mary, uh, here's a listener that's in, uh, I'm not sure what type of applications, but they say they're looking for a new lawn service. One company is suggesting seven applications, and their question is, is that a good amount? But we don't know what kind of applications they're talking about. Yes, it's you, and you can certainly find that out. You can ask them. Um, it's probably a combination. It's probably some fertilizer, some pre-emergence weed control, some post-emergence broadleaf weed control and and a couple of fertilizers. But you can certainly ask them and find that out. You could also uh, compare what their recommendations are to our lawn care calendar that's online um, as well. And then, yes, it does uh, also depend on what what your standards are and what type of grass you have. Uh, if you want a high-maintenance lawn, if you have one of the elite Kentucky bluegrasses and you have an irrigation system on, then that usually requires more inputs. If you don't have an irrigation system, you have a fescue or a bee lawn, uh, that requires uh, much uh, less input. And I don't remember this uh, particular episode here. A few weeks ago, a texter says, we talked about a product to put around, uh, I think they mean hostas, to keep rabbits and other animals, it sounded like sludge. Does that ring a bell with you, Mary? I assume they mean hostas. They're saying hostess, but I think they mean Yeah, hostess. they probably mean hostess because slugs love hostess. The, the, one of the best barriers for slugs um, is uh, diatomaceous earth, which is ground-up seashells. So coarse sand, uh, anything that makes an abrasive barrier, slugs do not like that. They like uh, soft things, mulches and so on. But uh, coarse sand or diatomaceous earth that you can buy does uh, repel slugs because it cuts them because they they're uh, they don't like crawling across that. And then there are some hosses that are less desirable for slugs. The tougher, um, thicker leaves. Uh, usually have less hostage, less uh, less slug damage. All right. This uh, listener said, I ordered perennials this winter online. They were supposed to ship in the beginning of May. I received a text notification that some have already shipped. I bought a bunch. What do I do with them? They are bare root. Yes, I was going to guess they're probably going to come in bare root. So this means they have no soil on the root. So they're probably going to be wrapped in some type of moss uh, or uh, packaging that holds quite a bit of moisture, and that is good. 
I would keep them in a cool place uh, like your refrigerator or an unheated garage. And uh, I would, would plant them as soon as you can. Now, if they're bare root, they're pretty much totally dormant. So what you're going to get is going to look like a lot of root and not much shoot on it. And that's okay. Um, the frost is gone from the soil, but soil is really cold. But I would try to plant them within a week of when you receive them. And um, they will be okay as long as they are uh, totally dormant. But you don't want to risk them drying out. So you do want to plant them. Okay. is the phone number, also the text number. This listener says, are there beneficial insects that overwinter in a garden soil like bees? I heard that's why you should not work in your garden too early in the spring. Yes, there are beneficial insects, and we often uh, forget about those or don't see them. But they are the good insects are here, along with the ones that do a lot of damage uh, to our plants as well. But uh, we're, they come out pretty much at the same time. Um, insects will uh, come out depending on the temperatures and weather conditions. So they will be coming out uh, together. The best thing I would recommend is that you identify all insects that you see. Once you know what the insect is, then you can determine if it's a good insect, a bad insect, if it's a larval stage, you know, a half-grown insect or whatever. So identification is really the way um, to, to really learn what's what. And we have lots of information on that at the website, extension.umn.edu. Uh, what insect is this? Uh, taking a picture of it, you can always uh, look to match it up or send it into the um, Ask a Master Gardener line. Okay. This text says, good morning. We enjoy the show. We have two blue arrow spruces, each about 15 feet tall that have outgrown their locations. Can they be transplanted? 15 feet tall. Uh, probably only with one of those gigantic tree spades that you yes. see on the back <laughs> of huge, big vehicles. That is, that's about the only way I would um, think of doing the tree that is that tall. Yeah, that's pretty big. Uh, here's uh, one. Let's see. Do we have time? Yes. Uh, a white potentilla, two by two. Should we give them... A big haircut. Yes, I would definitely give the potentillas a haircut. They get to be kind of uh, erratic, irregular shrubs. So giving them a haircut is a good idea, and uh, you could do that right now. Right now. That was their next question is when. Uh, All right, here's one. It says, is it safe to do light raking to gather up sticks? We had trees taken down over the winter. Um, You could do that as long as the soil is not wet. You know, walking on it and it's spongy, squishy. Uh, are your feet getting wet? Are the bottom of your shoes getting wet? If it's wet, you should really be off the soil. But if you can walk on it and it's dry, if things are starting to blow around, you see uh, leaves blowing off your lawn and so on, once it's dry, you can do the raking. Okay. Trying to get in as many text messages as we can this morning, Mary. Here's one that says, can I still trim my vanilla strawberry hydrangeas? Yes. I have a vanilla strawberry hydrangea, and yes, you can prune that now if you want to. Usually, I just uh, prune off the old flowers that are on it, but this is a good time to do that. Yes. Okay. Uh, You know, we have about a minute or so to go. Let's see if I can. uh, uh, All right. Here's one we can do uh, quickly. 
I put down grass seed over the whole lawn last fall just before the snow. How do I handle things this spring regarding pre-emergence, fertilizing, etc.? So you can't put on pre-emergence weed control if you're hoping to have grass seed come up. It's you do one or the other. So you've already sowed your grass seed. So your pre-emergent is going to have to wait until another year. So you can do fertilizer and that won't harm anything. But the limiting factor now will be the temperature and moisture for that seed to actually come up. All right. Again, we were just about out of time, Mary, and th- thanks for your help this morning. Let's let's give the folks again that uh, great uh, uh, University of Minnesota website, shall we? Yes, the website is extension.umn.edu, and then you can click on Yard and Garden. Uh, you can find all your answers there to questions. You can look up what weed is this, what insect is this, and then uh, Arboretum. We didn't talk much about the Arboretum, but there's always, uh, you just need a reservation to go out there. There's plenty of reservations for today, tomorrow, etc. Great place to go out and see the first flowers of spring, the Absolutely. snowdrops and crocus. Right. And bring family and friends at great location. Mary, thank you so much again for all your, your good help. We'll talk to you soon. Huh? Always a pleasure, Danny. Thank you. Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. In the meantime, get those home improvement questions ready. Andy Lynn is answering those next hour here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Currently 39 degrees. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.